Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. And hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Leela McRae is with me as usual, and we are here to start 2021 off. And our first episode of 2021, we are talking about high school sports. So... It looks like the basketball (laughs) season will be going on. It starts this week in Augusta County for the teams in the Shenandoah District and Waynesboro. And we've got a lot of big games happening toward the end of the week. We'll focus on those and on the boys' programs. We'll do the girls next week and focus in more on them. We might briefly touch on them a little bit this week, but we will do a deeper dive of the girls' basketball starting next week. So with that being said, Friday night games... We look at Stanton. They're going to Riverheads. That's a big game for a lot of reasons. Um, when you look at Stanton, Leland, I, I think, you know, you look at Mickens. He's entering his fourth season. Last season, maybe a little bit of a disappointment when you compare it to other Stanton seasons, but it was a, it was a fairly new team, not a lot of varsity experience. And I'm interested to see what Coach Mickens can do in this fourth season with this Stanton Storm team because it's a team that even when – they're not one of the preseason favorites. They have the ability because they have the talent and the coaching is there with coach Mickens. He's already proven that in his first three years that Stanton is going to pick teams off if they don't have their a game ready to go when they play Stanton. Yeah. You, you gotta be ready to play Stanton. They, they can play at a very high level any given night just because they, those kids play in that program for so long it's they're playing with each other in town with each other for so long and it's just been proven year over you know over decades of how that system works and and Terrell knows you know we're talking about his fourth season you think he's in Newark no like and he's been there forever he's he's played in that system he coached in that system he's assistant for the state championship winning team he was the head coach for the state champion runner-up you know he knows how to do it so I think it's really interesting to see how Terrell handles these kids that are, you know, you did have a younger team last year. How much can they grow this year? How much better can they be this year? You know, you like to, you, you often go, um, and you're not applying it here at all, but when you have a bad team and it's like, well, they're bringing back a lot of guys. You're like, yeah, but from a bad team, that's not what we're looking at Stanton with. They have a lot of talent, a lot of young players. Um, you know, you have that six, four carry kid that, I want to see how he develops. You know, he is kind of a raw talent. You want to see what he can do. Plenty of other names on that roster that if they improve at all, they're going to be a pretty decent ball club. They're going to really contest for the district. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to get tied up this year talking about regions and stuff. Cause I just don't know where the season's going. You know, <laughs> let's just get this regular season. And I think I can see Stanton winning a lot of games this year, even though they were, you know, a five seed in two B last year and didn't really optimize what they could do. What? They still won some big ball games, and Stuart Strafton was just hot last year. And we'll talk about them more in a minute. I, I just, I could see Stanton winning a lot of games this year and kind of de- really winning a lot this year, and then really have high expectations for the next. This year, more than any other year in my short time of being here, I think the Shenandoah District is wide open. I, I think there's a lot of unknowns, even on the teams that you think coming back. Okay, well that team was good last year, and they should repeat this year. We'll talk about it, as you said, with Stewart's draft, but there's a lot of unknowns with Stewart's draft with a new coach coming in. Yep. Uh, let's talk about the other team that did really well last year, and it's the team that Stanton is playing on Friday. That's Riverheads. They're losing a lot from that team. They're losing uh, Grant Painter and Elijah Dunlap. Now they have yeah. Adam Painter coming back, 
but can Adam Painter make that jump? He he was allowed was to kid. be one B with Grant Painter being definitely one A, and now Adam Painter has to be the guy. And yeah. he he can get some help from Ferris and some help from Dunlap, but Adam Painter is going to be that guard that they rely on more than not. When they lost that game to Matthews in the region quarterfinal last year, uh, Matthews just or sorry, the state qu- quarterfinal, I believe. Um, state quarterfinal, yep. They uh, they keyed in on Grant Painter, and Riverheads didn't have an answer really once they got that big lead, and it used kind of felt it because I was there at the game with you watching it. You just kind of felt Matthews chip away slowly but surely, and Riverheads was just missing wasted possession after wasted possession in that game. And if that's going to be what we see this year from Riverheads, they're going to struggle in the Shenandoah district. And so they need Adam Painter to make that jump. Bennett Dunlap and Ferris obviously can help, and they're going to have some other contributors as well, will the Gladiators. But I am very interested to see what this team does now that they don't have a Grant Painter to rely on. Yeah, and they had Grant Painter for four years, and and it and it you know climaxed with them going winning a region which had never been done at Riverhead. So, I mean that was and I played at Riverheads when the basketball team was really good. We, I mean we we kind of woke up the the demons of good basketball at Riverheads when I played there. No thanks to me. I was I just had a front row seat for it. But we had really good talent come through there then. But we never won that region. So that really just was that you know you know, monkey on the back for the Riverheads program through coach Corbett. And then coach coffee picked it up and they'd get to that region final game and they just could not find a way to win it. And uh, finally they overcame that last year and got to host one of those state games. Um, and, and they battled in that game. You know, it wasn't like they wasted their opportunity. Matthews is a good team. They came in and um, you know, Riverheads got up and they just couldn't handle that. That's what Riverheads needs to focus on is having a well-balanced team. I think it really turned into Grant Painter's team and, and you'd have Elijah Dunlap one night in years previous, the Brayson Fulton kid um, stepping up and you'd have these other options. And then when it came to postseason last year, those just, there weren't enough of answers there. You'd get a shot here and a shot there and you just couldn't get enough shots out of those other guys. So as much as you're saying, can Adam Painter step up, can Adam Painter, you know, incorporate those other guys uh, the best way. I, I think Adam Painter is going to be the leader of the team just from watching how he plays. But he's going to, if he can lead while incorporating those other guys, not comparing him to LeBron James, but in, in the manner of that LeBron James. Like, yeah, LeBron can go dominate the game, but he's also getting the ball to the open shot and, and making that la- that extra pass that gets the ball done. Adam Painter is going to have to play more of that style because he likes to take those outside jumpers more than his brother did. And Adam's going to need to attack the rim more than he did in the past. But if he's incorporating what he likes to do, he's going to draw some defense out and he'll be able to dump it down uh, to a streaking guy in for the lane. So I, I like this team this year again. They do more with, you know, six, two guys than any other team in the area. Oh, maybe Stuart draft. Actually, I, I'll take that back. But Riverheads does a lot with without a whole lot of height. They don't always they don't often have a real big guy. And uh, I think they can do that again this year. I, I don't recall you know, a lot of hype coming back on that team. Um, be interesting to see some of the young guys. I mean, I'm basing a lot of this off of last year's roster and who was underclassmen. I, I didn't even see an updated Riverheads roster this year. So we, I don't know who's on that team, but I, I think Adam Painter is going to play a big role in this, but I think it's going to be more of a three or four headed monster for Riverheads than it has been these last four years. So now let's move to Wilson at draft. And this completes what I would view, and I am alluded to it. 
I think it's a four team race and I could see yeah. any four teams winning this district. And these are the other two Wilson at draft. Wilson has a lot coming back. Jackson Hartman, obviously the son of coach Hartman there at Wilson Memorial. He's starting to get some looks from D one schools, which is interesting. Uh, this is a team that lost as the eight seed in region three C, but that's nothing to sneeze at because that's a very tough region to compete in regardless. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see if Wilson can move up, become a higher seed if they get into regions. But first and foremost, I think the Shenandoah district is a realistic goal for the Wilson Memorial green Hornets this year. It's going to come down to them not falling behind early and digging themselves in too big a holes, because that's what I noticed in years past was Wilson wasn't a team that was doing a whole lot of coming back from deficits. They're a team that if they can stay around and hang around, they can beat you. Or if they can get out to a big lead early, obviously they can beat you. So for them, I think it's going to be key and crucial. And the other aspect of it, and I don't want to harp on it too much here, especially in a preseason, they've got to keep their emotions in check. This is a very emotional yeah. ball club at times. If they can keep their emotions, if if they don't get a call their way or the game starts to slip away a little bit, if they can keep calm, keep their composure, and stay focused on the task at hand, this could be a team that, again, I, I, I mentioned it, four teams could win the Shenandoah District. Wilson could do it. Yeah, I, I, that's the point I was going to bring up, and, and you hit on it, is this team plays a little bit of a roller coaster ball from what I've seen from them. And, and I know you've called more games the last two years particularly than I have. But over the last, even before Hartman was there, I just it seems like their highs are really high and they get real jacked up. And then when the lows are there, they just seem like they're struggling at like getting, maybe not hustle, but just just getting that extra little oomph that they need. And so, yeah, I think they just need to kind of maintain. In all honesty, and I don't mean this like a disrespectful thing, but like we see this in Buffalo Gap in football. You can see when they're up, it's high. And when it's low, it's low. And you see some personal fouls in football or so, you know, just the going beyond the whistle kind of thing. I think Wilson, the same kind of thing. They just too much can affect them. So I want to see a little more stable play in the early season. The thing I like best about Wilson and their postseason chances is that it seems like they're challenging themselves in the non-district basketball. Last year, they did it with some tournaments uh, in Richmond. I think this year they're a little more limited to that, but they're playing TA. They're playing Spotswood this year. And I, I, it seems like they're reaching out. I mean, they're, you're, they're playing Spotswood. They're voluntarily playing Spotswood. That's voluntarily, you know, playing a tough team. I like that. And so I, I'm going to remember that in the postseason, even if they're, they lose two to Spotswood, I'm going to remember they took on that challenge and maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe they knock off a spot, but I'm not trying to write them off already, but they've, they'll have accepted that challenge. And I think they're good enough to learn from those challenges, win or loss. And so it'll be interesting there. I think Jackson Hartman's going to be fed the ball a lot. He needs to attack the rim a lot. Last year, I seemed like he was spotting up shooting in the two games. I believe I saw him or two games. I was very aware of, um, he needs to attack that rim and, uh, that, that will be his key. But over on the other side with Stuart Straft, I mean, you're playing a new head coach over there with Brad DeWitt. Now, he's not new to the area. He knows Stuart Straft basketball. He was the girls' coach the last couple of years. Before that, he was an assistant at Waynesboro uh, on the boys' side. So he's very familiar with what's going on in the Shenandoah district, these teams, these coaches, these players, you know, the older brothers of a lot of these guys and all that. So this isn't just a brand-new situation for Coach DeWitt. But it is a kind of a brand new situation for this program that just lived and breathed that three ridiculous style where it's just run and gun and, you know, line changes with players and five guys out, uh, five fresh guys coming off the bench. 
I, from what I understand, Brad DeWitt's not going to keep that style exactly, but he's got a lot of kids that know how to play at a fast pace. So I'd, I'd be surprised if he completely just disregards that experience with who's on the roster. When you have um, players like the Joel Howard kid coming back, the Dawson Jones kid coming back, uh, you know, and they all have play in time experience. I mean, that was the great thing about Stewart's draft. They're the team that does the most with a bunch of six, two kids or less. Um, and they, and 12 deep would get, in-game experience. They were on the court. You know, we saw all 12 players play in the first half of a region final, region semifinal game last year uh, against East Rock. I mean, that you don't see that a lot. So the confidence that those players should have returning after having so much playing time can only help Brad do it in a first year. When, when he's trying to see what he's got, a lot of those players are just going to be really confident on the floor. So I, I like Stuart Straff's chances at probably winning a couple games where they might be looking at more talent on their side of the court. Cause I just, I, I you wouldn't maybe expect that with a new coach. I just think they're going to come together a little bit quicker based on their experience. Right. And I think that's going to be the real question, right? Uh, I've gotten the same from what I've seen. I've heard the same rumblings. Coach DeWitt does not plan on running three ridiculous, at least to the full capacity that coach Gale did. So maybe we see it, maybe we see it in spurts, but not like a yeah. full court press the entire game. Uh, so, and there's times in games where you need a three ridiculous style yeah. and it's good that they'll already have that experience. So it'll be interesting to see how Stewart's draft adjusts to that, how other teams handle that now. Uh, so that's going to be the interesting part with Stewart's draft. You mentioned some of the players they bring back that are very good players and that will definitely help Stewart's draft because it's a very talented roster that they had last year and they're bringing a lot of that roster back. So I, I think, again, I, I've said it multiple times now all four of these teams in my opinion could win the Shenandoah district I would not be surprised if any of them did um yeah I, I want to go back to one point you made with Wilson before we hop off to the next two teams here and you said uh Jackson Hartman needs to attack the rim more and I think this is just you being super into old school basketball I mean maybe a little bit but the outside game has become such a big part of basketball now and if he's making the shots outside then shoot it outside it doesn't matter three points is more, more than two. So, and, and Stuart Strath will tell you three ridiculous. They make a lot of threes. They, they take a lot of threes, but they make a lot of threes and threes worth more than two. And if you're making them and you're outscoring the other team, trading baskets, threes for twos, that'll help you win. So yes, some attacking the rim, but I don't think it's necessarily something that we need to see from, from kids anymore. I think if, if you have that outside shot, that's where the game's going. Yeah, I I don't know. I saw I've seen a lot of success between that Stanton and Riverheads teams in the last four years with guys attacking the rim. So it, just at the high school level, I, I think it is important to find the higher percentage shot. Often, I'm not saying forget the three by any means. Um, it's just kind of it's it's always there. You're always going to have it available to you. You can always drive and kick. And yeah, but if you a, don't have size, it's not there. Like, that's the thing. If you're playing teams that are bigger than you, it's not necessarily there, and it's easily taken away. So I, that's why yeah. I think if you got the outside game, use it. I don't think teams we've talked about have much size. I mean, we're talking about, you know, two-thirds of the district. Okay, we're talking about a lot, lot of size. guards, though. Jackson Hartman's yeah. not tall. He's not going to be the He's tallest player on the floor in any game he plays. Okay. I don't know who was, who was Grant Painter taller than. Yeah, I mean, but Grant Painter's a lot of Grant Painter's seen... games were outside too, though. He'd score at least half his points from three. I mean, 
Yeah, I don't. I okay. So last year when I saw Jackson Hartman play, I didn't see him scoring half his points inside. I think he needs to. Yeah, get but they that had forwards a little bit closer to half. They have forwards saying. for that job. Like he can feed it inside for that. Okay, I think it'll benefit him to have some more high percentage shots. I think if he can get six, eight points off attacking the basket, I don't think it's a bad thing. We'll see. Uh, Gap at Fort <laughs> is the other two teams in We're the Shenandoah District. We're not going to coach a basketball team together. That's been proven oh right now. Oh, my gosh. We would kill each other, yeah. <laughs> my my little league girls attack the rim, darn it. <laughs> yeah. Our team would get so confused as the two coaches get teed up for yelling at each other, not even the officials. <laughs> Uh, but Gap at Fort is the other game going on Friday, and these are the other two teams in the Shenandoah District. Again, I said it's a four-team race. We've gone over the four teams. I I would be shocked if Gap or Fort won the Shenandoah District this year. That's not saying that these are bad teams. I just think those four teams are a step ahead of where these two teams are. Uh, the Gap, uh, Buffalo Gap, Bison, led by Chad Ward. Buffalo Gap, uh, they've... They had a lot of improvement last year. You'll remember they started out hot as a team that looked like maybe yeah. they could surprise people and win the Shenandoah District, but then it kind of fell off. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. I also remember I, I just the zero don't win. See, I, I also remember the zero win and one win teams from before Chad Ward's time there. So like, yeah. Uh, just in my mind, the program's in a much better place now. Um, and like, I, I agree with you. I, I don't see them winning this district, but I don't think they they go over either. I think they're no, going to knock. And I'm not saying they're going to be fifth. They're a dangerous team uh, over at gap. And, and I like the style that Chad Ward's brought with it. It's, it's, it's an attacking style. It's not, you know, crazy at both ends like Stewart's draft was doing, but it was very aggressive and, and going for some steals, which I, I appreciated um, out of that team, you know, and that, you know, that's a team that doesn't see a whole lot of basketball talent come through the school and especially on the guy side, the girl side has had plenty um, so I, I like when they try to take their aggressive advantages and, and effort differences uh, to try to, you know, grit out some wins. And last year that was doing well early. I mean, I think they knocked off Stanton last year. That hadn't ever happened before or hadn't happened in a long time. And so impressive wins like that when coming back with some kids, come back with the same coach, I, I think they can make some noise in the district. But I, I agree. I just wouldn't be surprised. If gap, like you said, those are the top four teams up there, Stanton, Riverheads, Wilson, and Draft, not in that order. But it just wouldn't, like we say, Gap and Fort probably won't win the district. I wouldn't be surprised if at least one of those two teams finish ahead of one of those four teams. Yeah, I'm not saying Gap's going to be fifth. That's the kind of district this is. It's going to be competitive every night. And even these teams that we're putting, we're not giving as much credit to, they can still knock off any one of those teams. Yeah, because those four, I don't see anyone running the table this year. So I think those four teams beat each other up a little bit. And if Gap can pick off a couple games here and there against these teams, yeah, they can finish in the top four. Me saying Gap is not in the four team race for first doesn't yeah. mean they're going to be fifth. Yeah, um, I agree. There's no Spotswood in this district. You know, there's no right. just every year deep state run team in there that haven't lost a district game in years and years. Like that there Well, I think in years past, you know, you would look at Stanton and say, yeah, this team's guaranteed just name recognition, but that they don't have the separation no. of talent this year that they have yeah, had. They in don't have the Darius past. and Jarvis. Yeah. Right. Uh, for Fort, it's going to be a struggle. They missed out on the region tournament again last year uh, for Fort. I just think this team, when you look at the other five teams in the district, there is a noticeable gulf. Am I saying they don't win any games? No. I would expect them to win one or two games in the district here and there, but 
they're going to have to work really hard for those wins, and they're just going to have to play really, really smart basketball. And, and I just don't see, when we're looking at the grand scheme of things in the season, I don't see them being able to do enough to have success in the top half of the Shenandoah district, and I don't see them making the region tournament. And that's a team that usually has some size there. That's that's the team that it seems like every year they at least have this one big kid or or maybe even two. And, um, you know, if, if they do have that, it's it's going to be taking advantage of that advantage you have. And so I, I, I don't know the roster for Fort Great, but I, I believe there was a tall kid. I just can't remember his name from last year. So I, I if they have that advantage, they got to figure out a way to use it like they have in the past when it, just, it wasn't that long ago they were – they were making noise in the Valley District, particularly just being able to make those strides. So it, it'll be interesting to see what they can do this year in the Shenandoah District. And, and for all these teams staying in the Shenandoah District, it's a different year. So when I look at all these teams, I look at these coaches like Coffee, who's been there for a decade. I look at um, Mickens, who's been with that program forever. Um, I, I look at some of these coaches that are that are it's purely their program, and and I'm not saying. Brandon Falk's been there five years. I'm not saying it's not his program. I'm just, I just wonder if these guys that like, maybe it's more of a system thing. And even, and so maybe even that's a negative for Brad DeWitt. I'm, I was just talking him up that it's not a new thing for him, but maybe these guys that are not really changing the system, it's more familiar for these guys. I just wonder if they have a little bit of an advantage in a year where the prep has been so much different. Um, I don't know what these guys were doing last summer, but I can't imagine it was normal. Um, the preseason's been weird. You're going to have less games. I, I, you're going to get makeup game because there's going to be snow. We're talking about all these games packed in here into a shortened season because of COVID. It's going to snow next week and <laughs> mess everything up too. So I just want, I just wonder about these guys that have been with the program like a decade, if they have a little bit of advantage there with just consistency. I, I, it'll be interesting to see. It's not a guarantee. I just wonder. Well, and when we look back, um, some of those players that you mentioned that were key players for Ford, and if they're going to have success and pick off some teams and do better than we think, it's going to be Vincent Sipe. That was one of their key players last yeah, year. Sipe, yep. Ryan yep. Cook was another great player for them, and Ashton Dove showed flashes yeah, as well in the me. games we, <laughs> we covered. But again, and again, I'm, I'm assuming they're all coming back because none of them were seniors last year, but we haven't seen any rosters yet either. Um, for a lot of these schools, a lot of those schools are playing that close to the vest right now. And that, and that's fine. Um, with everything going on, you know, that's something that we may see players playing and dropping out as the season goes. We don't know. Well, when I looked at gaps roster, there's a kid on the roster that I know is not on the team. So that, that's yeah. why I had no confidence in what I was seeing. So. Uh, Waynesboro is the other team, obviously that concerns, uh, fans of our area and that are familiar with us. Waynesboro made the announcement late last week, or I guess middle of last week, late in my work week, but uh, middle of <laughs> the week, that they would not be playing in the Valley District season because of the Rockingham County rule that teams are going to have to wear masks when they play. Uh, that's a bummer for those kids. I feel bad for them. Um, I hope that they got to have their opinion heard on that, but if not, that's a real heartbreaker for those kids. Um they will play some games. They'll be playing the Augusta County teams in Stanton, games, yeah. but they will not be playing the Valley District, which therefore means they're out of any postseason. Uh, if if this team is good enough to make a postseason run, we won't know uh, because they won't be allowed because they won't be playing in their district. They won't be playing in a district tournament. Therefore, it's going to be hard to imagine a scenario where they get into a region. Yeah. Um, so that's that's heartbreaking for those kids. I feel bad for them, but I, I hope they I, enjoy I, the games they're able to play. 
the thing I see immediately is I already talked about Wilson's willing to go play TA in Spotswood. You know what Wilson's going to do when they play TA in Wilson or TA in Spotswood? They're going to wear masks when they play. So it's just a mindset difference there. It seems like Wilson will do anything to play a game and they want to play the best competition and get the kids out there and allow them the opportunity to prove themselves. I just don't like the decision at Waynesboro. It's just the point blank way of saying it. I'm not going to make it personal to the people making the decision. I just, I just don't like it. Um, I just thought the other odd thing in that article was, you know, football season comes around, we'll have to revisit it. Well, well, then why? Yeah, why are you saying basketball can't then? Like you have uh, a whole schedule already made, and 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 you just walk away from it. Maybe he's protecting the team and the coaches and the kids. I don't know. Maybe maybe he did talk to them and they didn't want to do this, and so then that that made that decision. I don't know. I wasn't in the room when the decision was made. You weren't in the room where it happens. It it's um if if the kids weren't allowed to make that decision or at least have their voices heard before that decision was made. And he's saying that football will reevaluate then to me, I think then the kids and the parents have a legitimate gripe then. Yeah. I, yeah, that's, I, you said enough there. I appreciate the other schools, you know, they were looking for a couple extra games and playing a local and, team. And, uh, look good on. Them. Yeah. Get and, two games versus most of the district gap and draft. There's only one game scheduled for each one of them. So far, they're working on a second, but there's so much so much time in the season, and you also got to look at all these other teams. They already had their schedule made, so you well, just like can't you said, ask them snow, to buck the whole system to get you games when you had a district to play in. Snow, and if somebody tests positive and they have to move a game because of COVID oh or something, God. I mean, yeah. they're going to yeah. look to reschedule district games long before they schedule any game with Waynesboro. So, and and hey, I mean, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the number of cases keep going up. And all this may be for naught because we may have to end up shutting it down. So let's yeah, hope that's not, not the case. Let's hope we're able we'll to get deal this with season that when in. we get there. Yeah. Uh, and again, we'll take a look deeper at the girls' side of things next week. But those are the games but, to start things. But I didn't know if you had any before the season starts on the girls' side. Given the heads up on the girls, I mean, you had Riverheads who – uh, the girls made it all the way to the state tournament last year. You had Fort Defiance, who uh, kind of overachieved on the girls' side there. They had they had that four seed, um, and then it made it, making it to the uh, region quarters there, or region semis there, and lost to Spotswood, I believe. So, like, they had a really good late run. A draft was solid throughout the season. They were like a three seed in that region. And then there was that, uh, wasn't it Wilson and Fort is who battled to get in, and Wilson was that odd team left out. Uh, that last week of the season and and it, it stunk so they're looking to uh you know put it out of uh, mystery at the end of the season and just win what they got to win to be in there so it'll be interesting to see uh what can happen on the girls side we'll talk about more of that next week um just to try to avoid a three-hour podcast today um but everybody's going to get started this week according to the schedule hopefully that holds up and uh wrestling will get on the mats next week um for most of the teams, I know Stanton's already pulled out of doing wrestling, but um, I think there is a, a, a Augusta County scored school board meeting Thursday. I would hate to think they're holding on to a decision about winter sports until the night before the season's supposed to start. I would hope that if that's in question that they'd be addressing it here at the beginning of the week. But I think that is something to watch out for Thursday. So just a heads up there. All right. Well, great news from Leland. Uh, and and <laughs> so college football was a big thing this weekend, Leland. And there's a lot of games to look at, talk about. Let's, again, Listen focus the on the college I, side right now. 
looking at the college football playoff. Uh, well, before we get to the playoff, let's talk about the the darling of the college football season, and that's the Cincinnati Bearcats. I wanted them to win that game against Georgia. It's the rare me rooting against Georgia, but they just couldn't hold on. It was frustrating, uh, and they they lost a tough game. Uh, they hung in there. They did. They played right with them. It, it sucked. I That hurt maybe more than any other college football loss. Just because the Virginia Tech games, I was just kind of, well, no, the Liberty one's done. The Liberty one was bad because of how we lost. But I, The Wake Forest game made me really mad this season, but yeah, on. but you, we we lost by multiple scores, so it was just like out the window. This game was close all the way to the end, and Cincinnati was leading for most of that game. So I think that's one of the reasons it stung more. Um, it hurt, and and I know people are saying, well, if they go undefeated next year, they've shown they kind of belong. I I don't. It doesn't matter. They could go undefeated. They could beat everybody by fifty points. They're never going to get in the college football playoff. I it could only help them. It can't hurt them to go to be consistently there in the end making their case. Um, We've seen that. We've seen it before. TCU was there year after year after year. They eventually moved into a conference that would allow for them to go under. If they went undefeated, they're going to have their shot. Um, I, it would help Cincinnati to consistently be there or at least I, you know, there's always an American team. I mean, only what was it one or two years since the more bowl games that there hasn't been a American conference team in there. So like they keep getting their opportunities in these games and since he hung tough there, I, I, you know, I've been one that's been kind of pushing it down, pushing it down. I was basing it off. I'd, I'd watch Cincinnati on one TV and I'd watch like Ohio state on the other TV. And then we come and I'd see what's happening. And of course they're playing their different opponents. And then you'd come on the podcast and be like, I think since he would beat Ohio state. I just never agreed with you on that. I would think this weekend might've backed me up a little bit, but I also didn't come to you on whatever day that game happened with Cincinnati and saying, Oh, see, they're no good. No, they hung tough against a Georgia team. That was what the eighth ranked team in the nation or whatever. Like, I, I guess that was my biggest putting the whole thing down is that I just didn't think since he was a top four team. So I didn't, I really wasn't that concerned with it from watching them play. I didn't think they just like were in the top four discussion. I think they deserved a higher ranking than they ended up with, but they still probably would have ended up playing like a Georgia in this kind of game. And, and it was a close game and that's fine. I, Cincinnati just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. And UCF keep doing it. And it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, that's the biggest nonsensical thing they tell them, but it doesn't matter. Leland. Yeah. I don't know. Just keep putting yourselves in these games. If, if Notre Dame can take the no, approach just, of just say, just tell the FBS you're done get big games, but we're going to just keep making it here since he and, and UCF should have the same goal, which they do. They want to go undefeated. They want to hang their fake banner up like UCF did. They want to keep getting there and, and make it, make it a discussion, make people talk about, well, it. but that's the thing, right? They American, need to stop. They need to stop quote unquote, respecting the institution and just totally disrespect the institution. If they had won this Georgia game, Luke fickle needed to say we're national champions and no. Nick Saban or Ryan day or whoever ends up winning the national championship is too chicken bleep to play us. Cause they're scared. And that's why they won't let us in the playoff. You have to disrespect the system to, to get a shot being nice and saying, you know, Oh gosh, Gee willikers, they just don't let us in. Um, that's not getting anyone anything. I found it really interesting when uh, Liberty's coach was on Paul Feinbaum the other day. Um, he was talking about, you know, the season that they had had and, um, Hugh Freeze? you know, some of the respect factor that Liberty had. 
And point blank in his interview with Feinbaum, he's like, you know, if if we were to play in a Power Five conference, yeah, there's no way we'd be have this record. We'd never be at this spot. And so right then it just clicks me. Here's a head coach at one of these schools that only had one loss on the season that was contending for attention. And he admits, yeah, you know, if we play in a 10 game, you know, a normal season, a, a, a conference season in one of these conferences, there's no way we're going to, you know, only have one loss right there. It, it just clicks with me. Like, yeah, but here's Alabama, here's Clemson, here's Ohio state that, that did play in one of those big conferences did have minimal losses. So like the guy that's the head coach at one of these schools begging for attention realizes that point. So it's just not lost on me that like, and I guess my he- counterpoint would be then why is Oklahoma ranked so high? Because they lost to some terrible teams and, or they lost to Iowa state and a terrible team in K state. And they still end up a top ranked team in the country. And Iowa state lost to some bad teams from these conferences that couldn't possibly do what they did in yeah. the big 12. So uh, that's my counterpoint. Like for rankings of six through nine. Cause like, I didn't really, I didn't think they would, I didn't think that didn't line up with how well, I who's Notre Dame beat Clemson, a Clemson team that was missing multiple players on defense and Trevor Lawrence. And then when they had to if play you, Clemson on full strength, thing, they got man. killed. If you look at those. And then they played Alabama. Just, they got killed. The ACC, by the way, won no bowl games. The ACC was trash. ACC was terrible. Yep. Terrible. Someone tried to make the argument that they were only favored in one game. I was like, then you got to win one. Then. Okay, like, then gotta, that means your teams you are bad. That just means your teams are bad. That means stacked up against the other Power Five conferences, you're not good. I saw what happened to Clemson the other night. I still think they're a top four team. <sighs> they're better than Notre Dame. They beat them a week ago. Yeah, I don't think Notre Dame's a top four team. I don't think Texas A&M was as good as people gave them credit for. Maybe not, but they won. Yeah, I They pulled away late on a UNC team that Notre Dame demolished. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Like, if you look at full resumes, and what the argument against Notre Dame being in that playoff was the timing of it all. But if you just looked at... Don't put dates beside the games. Just put the like the results of the games. That's why Notre Dame was in there. Like that's why they put them in there. I don't like it. I wish the ACC. Okay, was but it a goes to my game, it goes to my point of I don't think like we're just assuming the Americans not a Power Five conference, so it's not legit. So any team that does doesn't matter what they do, they don't belong. We look at the ACC. Oh, it's a Power Five conference. So if you only have one loss, that's pretty good. No, it's not. That conference isn't a Power Five conference this year. It's a terrible conference this year. Every team that went to a bowl game from the ACC looked like a diaper on the field. I don't have an argument because the results don't give me an argument to make this year. The ACC wasn't as good this year as people thought. That's my problem with saying some conferences are just automatically good and some conferences are automatically bad. I'm still waiting for you to tell me who's better than the SEC. I asked this a week ago. Last week you said... This year it's hard to say. Because Alabama looks great. Who? But no, last week you said, two weeks ago, you said the SEC wasn't the best conference this year. And I asked you, all right, who was? Maybe it is the SEC this year. Okay. I said, I just said it wasn't slam dunk the best top to bottom. I mean, when Mississippi State's beating your darling Tulsa and uh, who else? Who's the other bad SEC team that won a bowl game? Ole Miss beat Indiana. Kentucky Kentucky beat NC State. 
Well, but Kentucky it's, beat the ACC, which I think, I don't know, it's between them and the Pac-12 as who might be the worst conference in the Power Five. I don't think either one of those conferences yeah, are better the, than And then the Big 12 did great in the bowl games, and we've been trashing the Big 12. Yeah, but season. see, I don't think the Big 12s, I still don't think the Big 12 is good. I still don't, I don't think, think the I don't ACC think good. I think or the, the Pac-12 is good. good. Okay, but that's my point, Leland. Like, Cincinnati goes undefeated, and, oh, well, they're not from this conference that we recognize as a Power Five, so we can't ever put them in a playoff. Or UCF goes undefeated in the American, yeah. because but because it's a conference we don't recognize as a Power Five, we can't ever put them in. Why? Because we got to make room for Clemson and Notre Dame so they can both get annihilated in a playoff game. The ACC is the Power Five conference that had two playoff teams, and they both got annihilated. They both got just totally destroyed. And Ohio one State's was after they, they maybe broke Justin Fields' ribs. Ohio State's better than I thought they were. Yeah, Justin. That was the best game Justin Fields has played in his entire career. I mean, in Ohio yeah, his State. last game against Northwestern wasn't wasn't that great. So yeah, it, it was. He showed up at the right time. That's that's for sure. And good for him. Yeah. Now I will say, probably made himself some money. Yeah, the people saying Notre Dame, you know, this is proof they don't belong. Maybe Ohio State will prove me wrong on Monday. But I have said I think Alabama could kill anyone in the country. So. It honestly, whoever the number four team was, was probably going to get killed by Alabama just because yeah. I think Alabama is that much better. I think Alabama, when they step on the field, has the three best offensive players on the field, period, in the game. No matter who the other team is, the three best offensive players on the field belong to Alabama. And if they had Waddle, they'd have the four best players in the, on the field. Yeah, they're they're loaded. And it's hard for me to imagine Ohio State beating them. But I thought Clemson was better than than they showed, and I didn't think Ohio State was good. So I I think Ohio State might hang. I think they might hang. I don't think they beat them. I, I hope don't they do because I'm going to watch a last it. Second field goal, but I think they hang. I think in the second half we're still going to be watching pretty hard. I I, I still think mm-hmm. like well if Ohio State gets a stop here, like I, I think that's the kind of game it's going to be. I think it's going to be high scoring. I don't think these de- like we've seen Bama be given up a lot of points at different points this season, and. I think Ohio State is very capable of putting up points. So I think Ohio State will score on Bama. I just wonder if Ohio State can stop Bama. So that's why I think it, it'll be a more contested game than what we saw out of both the semifinals. I, I think Ohio State will hang. See, I don't. I, I still think Alabama. I think Ohio State will I think Ohio State will play like Ohio State has most of the year. They'll make some mistakes early. And when you make mistakes against Alabama, you give up touchdowns. So yeah, that really did read like a revenge tour for Clemson. They're not tours, yeah. revenge time. It's it's like they played their default playbook for six games this season, and then had the whole offseason preparation. I mean, Justin ready Fields was dropping long fifty plus yard passes in the air to his wide receivers think, in the end zone. I mean, they were just bombs. And, I don't know, Clemson. Maybe you back up a safety like every time. Yeah. They're just getting. Oh, can I right also say you and I talked about this? I don't have a problem with the linebacker from Clemson being ejected. It's the rules. He lowered his head. Rule. I mean, his he was looking at the ground. It's a dangerous play for him. That's yes. the reason that's part of the rule is that it's a dangerous play for him. And that's why they want to have a rule in this game to get rid of that play. If the rule is there and you break the rule, then that's what happens. Yeah. Now, this isn't Kirk Cousins roughing the passer where he gets sacked and we throw a flag because it looks bad when he gets sacked. This is look bad too. That was sad there, but this yeah, is a kid literally face parallel with the turf driving yes. his head into someone's body. I mean, look, and I, I said this to you and I, the comparison I was seeing on social media to the people saying, actually, this is the rule and this is a good rule is yeah. 
is uh, Shazier of the Steelers. That's yeah. almost that play looks eerily similar to the tackle he made in a Bengals playoff game where he then can't walk off the field. I mean, luckily, this kid's up off the field and he can be upset about being ejected. But that's what college football and pro football is trying to get rid of when they say we don't want people tackling with the crown of their helmet ever. I think I, what I was kind of seeing was a version of what I'm about to say. In basketball, you have like a flagrant one and a flagrant two. So yeah. you get the flagrant one and then you get a second flagrant one, you're gone. But a flagrant two on the first one, you're gone then. I think they need to have some version of that for, for football. So when it's a bang-bang play that where like, especially when it's in the body or something or a player gets caught in the wrong moment, because they're re-looking at all these on film, they're going to a re- replay. If there's no malicious intent and there's no actually aiming for the guy's head, you know, violently, then give them a flagrant run. You do anything like that again, even close to that again, then you're going to be gone. It just see, it would be nice, like on that play, if the rules were different. So I'm prefacing that with this. If the rules were different to where that kid did lead with his head, but it wasn't a dirty hit otherwise, go ahead, flagrant one. And then, so then in the, he has an opportunity to keep playing in that game. And, and it's for everybody. It's not just for that one Clemson kid, it's for everybody. And um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind if the rule changed a little bit. But not just some people were saying this illegal hit just needs to be a 15 yard penalty and get no it, it it there does need to be they need to get clean the game up and I think it's working like you see less of these that first year it seemed like nonstop of these I I feel like it's less it's just I think we see them in some big moments now and we think the sky's falling see the so. one that I thought I didn't even think that was the worst ejection of the of the day I thought the Cincinnati ejection was way worse I I thought that was not an ejection at all and I thought. Cincinnati got hosed there and it may I'm not saying I don't know maybe the game changes if that kid's in because his replacement had like three killer false start penalties in crucial situations yeah but um that was the worst ejection of the day in my opinion like when that one happened I was like yeah he's gonna get ejected it would just be nice if there was a there was a rule change there was a vehicle for these kids for like there to be a little bit of hey since they're gonna look at it on film anyway just a tiny bit of judgment just a just a tiny bit let's see army lost that was heartbreaking too i wanted army to win so bad yeah you told me i didn't love america like come on yeah man. i that's what i gathered when you didn't pick them was because you didn't believe in the Mr. united states I, army i don't pick with my heart i pick with my brain uh you're gonna tell me i picked against army because of i love for wvu or because my you don't believe in the united america. states army that's what that's what i gathered from you not picking them you don't well, believe in I the united right, states military academy on pick em, so well, I don't, that's I don't terrible I hope you're happy. <laughs> you not believing in this great country and our brave men and women who serve in it is why you're right. I hope you're happy, Leland. I hope I hope this is the clip that someone takes out of our podcast this week that Leland doesn't believe in our <laughs> brave men and women who serve our country every single day to keep us safe. And that's why. So he's who do you pick place. when Army plays Navy? Who are you picking then? Well, both of them do. So I just have to pick which academy I think is more prepared on the field. Well, I picked which football team was more prepared on the field. And I happen to be right this time. Yeah, because you doubted our brave men and women. So, uh, <laughs> I was disappointed in Indiana. That's that one made me mad. <laughs> I could give a rip about Indiana. I I liked Indiana's story this year. I liked. Who cares? I, I don't know. I just liked their story this year, Man. and especially with Northwestern getting that win. I felt good for Northwestern. Like they cool. popped up this year and had a good season. So I just wish Indiana just could have just beat Ole Miss. Did you notice, I, I speaking know. of Anytime Indiana. Anytime the SEC could lose, I'm happy. So. Speaking of Indiana, did you see they took the Big Ten logos off their uniform? 
Yeah. <laughs> Nebraska column or something. Oh man, that was awesome. Protesting <laughs> being kicked out of the Big Ten championship so Ohio State could play in it, uh, which looks like the Big Ten made the right call. But um... <laughs> all right, Heisman's this week. Who you got? Or who are you rooting for? Just give me an answer of a player and we'll talk about it. Devonta Smith. That's who I'm rooting for. It's a non-quarterback, non-running back. He's been impressive. He's impressed me the most this season. Now I think it is as of late, but his season, overall season stats are very good. I think he's the best out. player in college football. I think the best quarterback in college football this year has been Mac Jones. I, I would not give it to Trevor Lawrence, but whatever. I think, I think there's the opportunity for him to pull in votes. And now apparently the votes were in before this weekend. So yeah. what we just saw doesn't matter. But even with that, I, but that performance has been what I've said. Trevor Lawrence looks good in a lot of games, but then, uh, uh when he first came onto the scene and we started paying attention to Trevor Lawrence was the year they won the national championship. And then he played in another playoff. He, his regular season wasn't great, but he did okay in the playoffs. Another, uh, and then this year he is, um, he only has like three years, doesn't he? Yeah. This year is the other year. And so he's been okay in the regular season. He looked well, he terrible against Virginia tech. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's like 31 and two or something. Yeah. When you play the ACC, which is a power five conference by name only, then it helps. But, um, oh, I beat a and M twice. Cool. I, what I'm saying is when I watch a kid struggle against Virginia Tech's defense this year, <laughs> I'll ignore the thing that's against what I said. Yeah, when he's, when I watch a kid struggle against Virginia Tech's defense this year, he's not a Heisman trophy winner. In my opinion, you can't struggle against Virginia Tech. If you're a Heisman trophy winner. Yeah. I, I would be a surprise at this point with how impressive Devonta Smith was in the sec game, sec championship game, along with season stats. I'm pulling for him and I think he might win it. I, I worry about the Alabama votes, votes that are tending to go towards the sec splitting between Mac Jones and Devonta Smith. And maybe that gets Lawrence in there, but I, I'm rooting for Devonta Smith just cause it's, it's non QB non running back. That's honestly, that's, that's my reason. All right. Uh, Lawrence is going to go number one. I mean, and he's going to make the most money the soonest. And that's, that's fine. fine. That's I mean, he, and he's a good prospect. Like, you know, there's been a lot of good quarterbacks in this league that weren't, you know, national championship winners in college or, or didn't, you know, always have the best, last game of their college career or, or of each season. I, you know, Andrew Luck wasn't a national title winner out in uh, Stanford. Uh, he never plenty won a of other guys either. we can talk about. Yeah, never won a Heisman A lot either. of these, a lot of the flash in the pan guys, a lot of the guys that really looked good in a national championship game or really made a little run, those are the guys that haven't panned as well out in uh, uh, NFL. I'm not saying Mac Jones is one of those. Mac Jones is a very stable, solid quarterback. I wonder about the Fields kid. Like, he kind of popped up there in that, that game. I, I wonder I've seen him struggle in the year, but that game as good as he played in that game, if he can match that against Alabama, okay. Hardell Jones looked really good for Ohio state in a postseason game. I don't think Haskins Hardell Jones was really good ever taken seriously. Haskins was, but I said when they drafted him, I didn't think that was going to be a good draft pick, but it's whatever. Um, I just, I don't look at fields like as good of NFL prospect as I look at Mac Jones or Trevor Lawrence, obviously Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and I'll say this. It's easy for people. I know people, the popular thing was to poop on Georgia and say, wow, see, they went with uh, Aaron Murray, or not Aaron Murray, uh, Jake Fromm over Justin Fields, and now where are you? I'm like, 
okay, when Jake Fromm was the quarterback, Georgia wasn't exactly struggling. Like they went to a national championship game. They they won a Rose Bowl and went to a national championship game. That's the game. thing. Like, but uh, Twitter has the pretty darn good. Has the you know capability of recalling things that happened ten minutes ago and nothing else. So, am I surprised that Twitter went ran with that? No. No, that's what Twitter does. But I, I thought um, the other. Uh, moving now to basketball, the other good news for Virginia Tech is they're tied for the highest rank in the ACC. Uh, or, sorry, of ACC teams in the AP Top 25. Um, so that's amazing to think about. Right now, they're 2-0 and in the conference, which means they're tied for first place in the ACC, which is amazing to me. Yeah, we've been there before. This team is not going to win the conference, but they're going to have a really, really good season. I'm liking what I'm seeing from them. I was disappointed that the game was moved due to COVID against UVA because I think they would have beaten UVA. I, I think yep. I was looking forward to it because that was like the most confident I've ever been in a Virginia Tech team playing UVA. So is rusty. They haven't played forever. They played one game in the in, like since the beginning of December, and that was against Gonzaga, and they got rolled. Yeah, I I yeah. was expected to win that game. I agree with you. Louisville, we'll see what happens. That's going to be an Tough interesting game. ACC game. Notre Dame is a game I think you got to win. So at home, yeah. I, I I like Virginia Tech though. I think they're going to have a very successful season. UVA is playing Wake Forest. You better be Wake Forest and Boston College. That's another team that's probably not going to have a whole. This will get lot. UVA headed in the right direction for their mm. for their for their sake. Uh, JMU, they've got games being postponed left and right due to COVID. Their CAA opener against Towson was moved due to COVID. I think they're getting ready to play FAU tomorrow, Florida Atlantic. Yeah, they just call people like every Monday and try to line up mm-hmm. a game and then watch it get canceled and try again the next week. Yeah, which is, I mean, hey, with this team right now. They're not terrible. They're not terrible. Um, they're much better than they were last year. I don't know what, how much of an accomplishment that is, but I think this <laughs> team will not be last in the CAA, which is good, and that's the important thing for Mark Byton under his first year. Yeah, and, and that's heading in the right direction. And I, I think you can get, get some excitement around this program with the new arena and you can start winning a couple games. I think you can get some excitement for on the CAA level. I mean, I, you know, they're not going to go win the ACC and beat NC State, you know, in non-conference. Like, that's not what they're aimed at right now. But if they can be top half of the CAA next year, that's that's great improvement. I so, think the, the best game they've played was – Losing to VCU, but I think it was a point. They were down big in that game, and they came back at the end and ended up just short by a point. But that was the game where I I left saying, okay, this team is not terrible. This team has impressed me here. So, look, Hofstra looks like they're going to be top dog in the CAA again because they went out and beat Richmond, who's a really, really good basketball team. So Hofstra looks like they're going to be legit. But... Uh, in the CAA, if JMU, as long as JMU gets into the tournament, yeah. that's a win. I mean, last year yep. we didn't even make it to the conference tournament. We were yep. terrible. We beat UNCW twice, and that was it. So yep. just beat someone not named UNCW in addition to beating UNCW, and that's an accomplishment. Yep. Have improvement and be on a pace next year to finish around half, you know, halfway through that league or in the top half. That'd be great. Uh, the big news of the day for NCAA was that they're moving the – March Madness tournament, which apparently the NCAA has also claimed rights to masked madness and stuff like that. Uh, let me just be the first to say, don't remind us of like, I yeah. mean, I, I understand uh, awareness of needing to wear a mask and all that. 
obviously we agree with that because we say it every week on this podcast. But just you don't have to to sell T-shirts about wearing masks for the just have March Madness. You didn't have it last year. Just have the tournament and they're going to have it all in the state of Indiana, mostly in Indianapolis. I fine. I don't care where they play it. I just want it to happen. I want the world to be in a spot where we can have this happen. So I, I'm glad they have a plan and hopefully it works. Yeah. Um, I think that'll be cool. And, and again, I think as long as we get the tournament in, I'll be a little bit excited yeah. about that. I, I'm kind of like you, I think trademarking masked madness is ridiculous. Yeah, if somebody yeah. makes a buck on that, is it okay if the NCAA doesn't get a cut? Like you're getting a cut on a lot of stuff. Like, do you need a cut on that? Yeah. I just, I mean, it's like every television ad right now is like it. in I these don't. troubling times and these challenges, like just, like, just stop talking like we we all talk about it nonstop every day like we can have a commercial that doesn't reference the terribleness that is uh this pandemic i don't i don't know am i the only i i just if i was in an ad company that's what i'd be saying maybe i'd get fired but i'd just be like hey guys why don't we ease up and like make people laugh or make people because like our 30 seconds isn't the time to bring people down and remind them of the troubles like let's sell our product in a happy way okay unless you're selling masks if you're selling masks, talk about it. <laughs> that being said, when you go to the high school basketball games, wear a mask. Um, so on Saturday <laughs> for NFL, uh, the NFL's wrapped up. Uh, let's go ahead before we talk about these playoff matchups. The Ravens took care of business. I was worried for zero seconds about that game. Um, the Steelers. We lost. We didn't play Ben. We. Yeah, you, I- you had some people out, um, yeah. and that's fine. I would be worried from the sense of... You have to play this team again. Yes, you're going to have more of your starters back, but your starters haven't played that well down the stretch. You've won yeah. one game against the Colts down the stretch. Ben needed a break. I'll say that. I like as much as I'm not a big fan sure. of resting people. I don't think uh, he's ex- that good though anymore. Like I think that's a bigger problem. Yeah. Maybe he's hurt, Probably. but I think he's but also. But this might old. give him the best opportunity to prove us wrong because he just he was struggling, and I, I'm fine with them holding him out. They had a couple other guys out. That's it's fine. It's a it's a veteran team, so fine. Then they just have to prove it this week. Will they? I don't know. I, I have no faith in this team. I don't know if they'll lose by 20 to the Browns or just demolish them or it'll be another tight game. I'm betting on tight game. It just seems like Steelers just play these tight games. I think they should be a better team than the Browns. They definitely have a more traditional heritage of winning, but I don't know what's going to happen. So I, I look forward to watching it. I'll root for my team, but I'm not sitting here telling you. I'm not buying tickets to Miami for the Super Bowl, A, because I don't want to travel, but B, I, I don't think the Steelers are going to be there. I hope I will every Sunday convince myself that it'll happen. But I think Monday through Saturday, I'm not going to be talking crazy like that. So. I will say this playoff matchup worked out about as swimmingly as it could. Because I, if, I the Ra- the Colts again. if the Dolphins, <laughs> sure. Yeah. If, but if the Dolphins had beaten the Bills, who pulled their starters, and then the game got uglier after that. Um, well, they were playing. They they were playing to make sure they lock up the two seeds. So they played their starters at the beginning. They they took care of business. So that's why they pulled their starters. It was a two score game when they pulled their starters, and the Dolphins had the ball in the red zone, and then they turned it over, and then it was all downhill, and it got ugly. But um, I might have been distracted. <laughs> the Dolphins, had they won, the Steelers would be playing the Ravens, and that's who I wanted. I was like, give me the Steelers. This is a team that has absolutely falling apart at the seams going into the playoffs. Their players are fighting each other on the sideline during the Cleveland Browns game, which 
as a Ravens fan, I'm sitting there loving it. And we have basically been in playoff mode for five weeks now. So you're playing well. You guys are playing well. We are playing better now than we have at any other point this season. And surprise, it's because we've started to do this thing called running the ball and not saying, hey, Lamar, can you pass it 30 times a game? Because, as I've said before, I'll say it again, Lamar Jackson, if he has to pass 30 times, we are losing. He's not a guy who can do that and win us a lot of games. So before the Lamar Jackson hive gets all been out of shape about me saying that, we play the Titans. We need to run and run the ball well because I don't want to see Derrick Henry on the field longer than I have to because that matchup terrifies me. Even though we are somehow the favorite at Tennessee, I am terrified that we will go into that game and I will watch Derrick Henry maul our defense all over again. And it will be like the previous two times I've watched it in a calendar year. I'm terrified that that's what's going to happen. So I don't feel good about that. The other team of interest to our local fans, the Washington football team, they did beat the Eagles, maybe with some help from Doug Peterson, but you know what? Them's the breaks. Uh, I did not feel bad for the Giants. One, I don't win. I have a one because I, I hate the Giants because they're from New York, and I very rarely root for teams from New York ever. But also, yeah, as you said, win more than six games. Yeah. If they, if, if they were 10 and six and needed that game yeah, to go with some way for them to make it. Yeah, the Dolphins are 6 and 10. Like <laughs> shut up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like yeah. I, if you had a winning record at least and you needed that game to go away for you to win, I'd be upset for you that the game was there. I I don't like the just playing the random third string quarterback. Like I don't like it, but it's his team. He can do what he wants. He said they wanted to evaluate that yeah, quarterback. Sure. It's his decision. <sighs> it's not there. It's not the Eagles' job to get the Giants in the playoffs. Facts. It's their job to win football games, and that's where it comes into question. But if he thinks knowing what that third string guy can do and they can win more games in the future because of knowing this, that's that's for the coach's decision to make. Maybe he knows now that he doesn't have a quarterback he likes on the roster. I don't know. But the Indianapolis Colts with Peyton Manning were 15 and 0 and rested their starters, and that got the Jets into the playoffs one year. It's before Twitter. Twitter probably would have melted if that happened now, but. Oh, no, they would have loved it. They would have loved it because it's a New York team getting in the playoffs, please. National media loves New York. But the Bills, they will play the Colts at 1 o'clock on Saturday. I love the Bills. Seahawks play the Rams. That's a toss-up game at 440 on Saturday. Division game. It's good. The football team plays the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the primetime matchup on Saturday night on NBC. They got Tom Brady in that... (laughs) On that primetime role, that's that's the only thing that brought him there. <laughs> yeah, but let me say this: I've said it. I said it before coming in. I'll say it again. Pick them. I like the football team in this game. That pass Pick rush em. is going to get to Brady, and if they if Chase Young gets back there and pops him in the mouth, Tom Brady is done. You can put a fork in him. Here's a fun fact: the Buccaneers, and the sweat kid on the other the side, the Buccaneers are one in five against playoff teams this year. One in five. Their one win is the Green Bay Packers, but they have lost to every other playoff team they have played this year. Yeah. I don't have the Buccaneers going deep in my mind now, but uh, it would it would open some eyes if the football team won this playoff game. Let's go but football I, I, I'm, team. I'm, I'm pick them, man. Pick them. I like it. I'm picking them. I'm assuming. 
Uh, if we're doing picks right now, um, I'm assuming you, you have, have the Bills. You, you, I just, I, no, I, we're doing it. We're doing it. Um, you and me are. Um, I'm assuming you're picking the Bills. Yeah. Okay. I will say Seattle. Yeah. Okay. Football team. You've got Tampa. Yeah, I'm going to take Tampa. All right. My team plays it Sunday at 1, which means I don't have to change my regular schedule. It's on ESPN, which means I'll have to find a different network. I've canceled NFL Red Zone's been canceled, so uh, now that I don't need it until next year. But um, or the package, I guess the Sports Plus package I'm, or whatever. I mean, the Red Zone of. doesn't exist now, so yeah, until next year. So. I'm not paying ten extra dollars a month for to watch <laughs> nothing until the Red Zone comes back. Why would you? Well, I get a bunch of other side channels that I'm never going to watch. Uh, so you're but- going to get all these games, though. You're going to get all the. You get I will the get all the games. Okay, there you go. What all I'm right. saying is, it's Word on ESPN. Me. That's different than my schedule. Um, okay, you just punch a different number. I don't push any numbers. I just push buttons. What I am worried about with this game, I've already alluded to, and that is that I'm worried about the Tennessee Titans beating my beloved Baltimore Ravens for the third time in a calendar year. And that would be just another loss for Lamar Jackson. And again, that would cause the people like myself who have said you can't win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson because he's just not consistent enough where you need him, where you need a quarterback to be, which is actually being able to throw the ball outside the numbers down the field multiple times and consistently to win games in the playoffs versus the Lamar Jackson Hive who can see no wrongdoing ever and always say that, well, we just don't have any weapons for him to throw to, which it's amazing. Um, all our players apparently suck. Mark Andrews, who's a pro bowler, apparently sucks and is not a weapon. And Hollywood Brown, who's really come out this year, apparently sucks too when we lose. And Lamar Jackson doesn't look good passing the ball. It's because they suck. So who you got? <sighs> I'm picking the Titans just because I'm... Because <laughs> it's you. I am just waiting for the other, for all the bad to happen. I'm just waiting. So yeah, and that's what drives me crazy about you is that you're picking it because you're just waiting for the bad to happen with the Ravens. Not, yeah, I think a lot of the Titans. I had them in the Super Bowl in the preseason. I'm kind of riding that pick. No, the my good team news is sucks, the Titans so defense hasn't them. been very good this year, but they sh- blew us out once already this year. So I mean, I don't know. All right, Titans play the Bears on CBS. Sunday at 4.40. That's also the Nickelodeon game. That game will also be on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. I might watch the Nickelodeon version just yeah, for I, fun. Yeah, I really don't care about this game. Like, I I care a lot about Sunday at 1 with your team playing, and obviously I care Sunday at 8 with my team playing. Like, this is, like, where I will design my life to happen so I can watch football the rest of the day. Now, this I is will how you get your happen. kids invested. You show the Nickelodeon broadcast because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of weird, zany stuff happening on there. This is where I you get your kids invested. I don't need Nickelodeon to expose my kids to football. Like, no, but this is where you'll get them hooked. No, it's not, it's not football awareness. It's getting them to like it. This is how you get them to like it. This broadcast, the Nickelodeon broadcast, is going to be aimed at kids. You know, my, fo- my kids don't reject the football so again, I'm I'm not doing this. Uh, I wish baseball would do something to uh, try to draw my kids in because they have zero. Like my my girls have zero interest in the game of baseball. I'm just hoping the two year old that doesn't know any better yet that that baseball just fits in his hands. I'm hoping I can grab onto him. So. We'll get him. We'll get him once the the Orioles will be good here in a few years. It'll be very formative young years. I'll be for fine him. with that. Yep. We'll get him. Uh, the Saints. Yep. Steelers versus the Browns. 
Sunday night, 8-15. This has Heartbreak City written all over it for the Cleveland Browns. This yep, has the Cleveland Browns winning the game in the fourth quarter and Big Ben leading them down the field yep. for either a game-winning touchdown or a game-winning field goal to rip the heart out of Cleveland Browns fans everywhere and just and that's totally what I was waiting for this ruin week. their weekend. <laughs> I honestly, yeah, Mason Rudolph was wanting a pass interference. Maybe if Mason's Rudolph pass had been in the same zip code as the wide receiver, he could have gotten a flag. That pass was so tall. Uh, but <sighs> I want the Browns to win this game. For two reasons. One, I don't want to have to play the Chiefs in the first round or the second round. Yeah. Although I don't know how much better of a matchup the Bills are for us. Um, but two, also just to see the Steelers lose. But I think the Steelers will win. Yeah, I will definitely have the Steelers. I mean, that's I just don't. So are you picking the teams. Ravens or the Titans? That's my holdup. That's what I was going to come around to. I don't. That's the one I'm between. I I have been. Slow playing, picking that game. We'll pick the Ravens because I picked the Titans. You like to pick different. Yeah. Pick the Ravens. Then we'll have we're two already, games. We're different. already different on the football team, and that's just. But me that'll be one game different. each day. Then I'll I'll be rooting for the football team. Like I want the football team to win. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. I just don't necessarily think that'll happen. I, I think, happen. and the, the the recipe for success is the uh, is the football team's defense just tearing them up. I it'll I happen. just worry that the offense can produce anything. It'll happen. Believe this is the year. So, this believe in your football team, Washington fans. Believe in the team. You're trying to talk me into taking the Ravens. You can't lose. You pick the mm-hmm. Titans. I'm right if the Titans win, but then if the Ravens win, I'm happy my team won. Like so I can't yeah, I can't win, win in this scenario. Win win for me. Um, the Ravens are playing really good football, so I'll take them. Yep. The Packers will host Plus it would take out your Super Bowl uh AFC team. Now I would like that since you edged me out on the, on the final regular season standings of who's in, who's out. You edged mm-hmm. me out with one, uh, division winner. Um, so you just edged me out with those picks. That's fine. Man, I would like Dallas Cowboys could have really been a slam dunk too, man. I was, I was hoping I against the Eagles hope that and I could have got the Cowboys. We had no understanding of the NFC East. Mm, you, I was really hoping the Cowboys were going to pull it out even without Dak Prescott for me. That would have been that would have been me My just friend celebrating. Work, that's a Cowboys fan. She's like, somebody, somebody's got to go. They got to fire somebody. I was like, you just barely missed the playoffs without uh, Dak Prescott. You know like, what? <laughs> I heard a crazy theory today on a podcast. Um, the Pardon My Take podcast that you don't listen to, which is fine. Uh, it's not family friendly, but um. Barstool, right? Yeah, it is. No, I'm not there. But they had a theory that actually made a lot of sense. Kellen Moore was the Boise State head coach for about an hour, and then all of a sudden, boy, no, he's not the Boise State head coach. He's staying in Dallas. I think Jerry Jones had to sit down with Kellen Moore and said, "Look, I can't fire this idiot after just one year." But when things go south, start looking south again next year. He's gone. You're the guy. I That might have been a conversation that happened, and that makes sense. Because why would Kellen Moore stay to be the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys? If he has any aspirations of being a head coach. If they can get anything out of the defense next year, you, 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 
you have a chance. But if he has any aspirations of being a head coach, being a head coach and succeeding at the head coach level is more beneficial. I mean, you you go be an offensive coordinator again for the Cowboys good, then you might be looking at an NFL job the year after, like you're saying with the Cowboys, and you're not coming back out of Boise State where like Well, but I'm saying I think there was a conversation next year to get I don't there. think I think you take the head coach job when it comes. Because what if what if I'm, you don't get Dak back? What if Dallas doesn't bring Dak Prescott back? What if that's not something they can do? What if Dak is pissed off and wants to go somewhere else? Which, by the way, like that was his vibe in September. Okay, I mean, he's holding all the cards, though. He is. They're gonna have to pay him. But I. But who else you gonna? The Dallas Cowboys only have so much cap. Jerry's gotta have to realize he's only got so much cap room. The Dallas Cowboys did something you don't do as a franchise, and that's pay your running back. Yeah, that was stupid. And, um. So that's why the Steelers are always contenders because we never pay a running back. Yeah, same with the Ravens. You invested in your defense. You invested in your offensive line to protect that quarterback, and everything else will take care of itself. Yeah. yeah, everything else will take care of itself. Yep. Um, but yeah. So, by the way, if if Dak does not re-sign with Dallas Cowboys and becomes a free agent, you know who has all the cap room in the world and desperately needs a quarterback? Which team are you talking about? I am talking about the team. The Patriots? No. The team. The football team. Oh. Tyrod, man. That's what I keep saying there. No. That, he can set you up for the next okay. great quarterback. That's what he's done everywhere he's been. He did it for the for Leland, the you're an he's NFL GM. Cleveland. He's done it for you're the You're an NFL Chargers. GM. He's Dak Prescott or Tyrod Taylor? Yeah. I don't really think that's the, like the option. Like I'm, I'm not legitimately making a choice out of that. I was trying to get my uh, good luck Chuck reference in there for uh, for Tyrod. You just bring him in there. You get a couple good games out of him. You stick something through his lawn, and then you have a great quarterback coming out from behind him. No, so. never gonna happen. But that will Packers and Chiefs are waiting on on yeah the lowest seed from each division to play. And then the other, other ones will knock each other out. So now that the playoffs are set, do you have any different feelings about the Super Bowl? Our preseason predictions were, I'm going to hold on to the saints. Cause they're the only the two seeds. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to get far off that. I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP. I think they're a tough out. The saints go into green Bay to play in that kind of game. That's going to be a, a tough little thing, but I mean, look at green Bay. This is the team last spring drafted a quarterback high and they wasted. Dra- Imagine if they had like a good receiver out of that pick or another piece to the defense with that pick that was contributing instead of a backup quarterback and a backup inexperienced quarterback right now. Like, and they're already the one seed. Like they could be, they could, they could really be a dominant favorite. Okay. They did this with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's not a franchise that has a problem drafting a quarterback and having him sit for a few years. I thought they could have gotten that quarterback a round later, and I thought they could have gotten a dynamic piece and where they picked him at is what I'm saying. That's my point. We slammed, we both slammed Green Bay last spring for their draft pick. They're the one seed. I think they're doing okay. Yeah, they could have some separation in my thoughts. Like that's why I'm sticking with the Saints. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't think Green Bay's that much of a favorite. I think the home field even without fans could be an advantage against the dome team, but I'm sticking with the saints. Uh, the chiefs are my AFC 
I'm going to stick with that too. So I'm, I'm holding on. I'll hold. Who are you, so who are you switching the Titans out for? <laughs> I was going to say, that is the team I'm looking at. You coming over me with Chiefs? Are you going to ride your Ravens? Even no. though you're picking against them this week. It won't be the Ravens. <laughs> Obviously, I've already picked us to lose. You want the Bills. I like the I'm like, I I'm want happy the Bills. For the Bills. I'm happy. I'll hate them next week. I we want win. the Bills. I will hate them next week because no, I want to beat them. Now, but here's I'm, the thing, right? You'll remember me saying a week ago, the Bills are dead to me because of what yes. they did to my fantasy team. Fantasy team, yes. And the poor Muppet Mafia taking a fantasy championship away from me. But that being said. The point I made about the Bills, and like I, I, I'm happy for the Bills. When I was young, they went to the Super Bowl four years in a row. I, I remember that happening. Then they've had nothing since. So I'm happy for them, except if they play the Steelers, then I won't like that. But I'm happy for them. If I said, hey, I think the AFC wins Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs are dominant. I think the Bills are solid. Like, I just I just have a feeling that the AFC is going to win the Super Bowl. And my brother-in-law, Dan, who now listens, so I will reference him since he actually listens, uh, he said, but if the Bills make it, the NFC's win the Super Bowl. Like, I mean, it's the Bills. Like, the NFC wins the Super Bowl when the Bills play. That's a good point. Could you imagine if they did? Oh, my goodness. This year of all years for the Bills to win would be so good. Yeah, it would be nice. It would be the end of the world, but it'd be fine. All right. I want, I want, there can be no fans of that game. That's fine. But uh, Jim Kelly's got to be sitting there. Yeah. And can we just have a camera like in downtown Buffalo? Oh, yeah. A crazy Buffalo party. And I just need fan Bill's Mafia cam on the side somewhere. It'll be the COVID epicenter next, but it'll like. If they won the Super Bowl, they deserve it. I'm pretty sure going through a flaming table <laughs> makes you immune to COVID anyway. So, yeah, they drink enough out that 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 will wrap it up for us here. And uh, let's go ahead and fast forward to the D block. All righty, we are in the D block, and let's go ahead and start to wrap things up. I'll go first, then I'll toss it over to Leland next. Uh, what is dominating my life is excruciating back pain. It has been so bad this week. Uh, I just woke up, it really kind of today. I mean, yesterday wasn't great, but I didn't, I didn't feel like it hindered me. Today, it was bad to the point where, like, if I move too fast, I feel like I have someone, a tiny person on my back with a knife just stabbing me repeatedly. Um, Upper or lower? Upper. Yeah, upper sucks. Upper's not great. And so, like, uh, it was my baskets moment um, where, like, I'm on Google, like, how to stop back pain. And it's like, oh, upper back pain's caused by stress. And I was like, well, I mean, that makes sense. Um so, but honestly, I don't know if it's the mattress. I don't know if it's stress. I don't know what it is, but it's bad. Oh, I feel like I'm See, dying. I'm, I got like the continual lower back. So I just kind of get used to that. But that, oh, and that upper back flies in out of nowhere. It's just, yeah. It's irritating. so bad. It's and my, so like, bad. my mental state's not strong enough because like I get physically like, like hurt. Like, I'm not trying to say like, I'm some kind of tough guy. I'm also trying trying to say I'm a wuss, but when I get some kind of pain, like it just like in my mind is like, I am going to feel like this forever and it's going to be terrible. Like, 
like my mind has to go through that irrational thought. Like I will never feel normal again. Like well, I've messed up my leg a couple weeks ago and I was just like, yep, this is, this is who I am now. And wow. Luckily it, I get past it. It's just, I have to battle through that mentally at some point. I mean, you get a lot of those texts when I overreact to stuff. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't say it out loud to people. I don't want to seem crazy. Like I yeah. want to maintain my marriage situation. So see, I say it to you because <laughs> the worst that happens is you say, all right, well, we can't do this podcast anymore because Joe's a certified crazy person. Um, ten, but tens of listeners might stop listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if it's stress, I'll know for sure later in the week because I will stress out about this Ravens game because I can't control it. And I know what someone's saying, like, Joe, you can't control it. Don't let it bother you. No, that's those are the things I worry about most are the things I can't control. If I can control it, then I feel like, OK, I can influence the outcome of this event. I can't control what the Ravens do. I'm I not calling plays. I, I, I panic. I freak out. Oh, yep. it's going to be terrible. I get it. What's dominating my life is we've had a lot of Star Wars in my life lately. As I've talked about multiple times, me and the kids with Mando has been a great thing. Uh, but I got a Yoda Lego Star Wars thing to build, um, and it was aimed for me. It wasn't just like a kid's Lego that are super easy. This one was had the difficulty, so that was cool. And uh, it stands like two foot tall. So it was kind of fun to have a project and accomplish something over uh, the Christmas vacation days. And the kids were excited. They were watching every move of it. And then... We finally got to the movies. I was holding off to make sure that uh, at least my oldest was ready for uh, watching the Star Wars films. So we did it in the correct order and we went four through six and then one through three. So we watched them in the order that they were released to theaters. And so we watched the middle chunk of the story, uh, the best three movies all together and then we watched the one through three, which are the lesser appreciated movies. Um, but the kids liked it, especially my oldest. And um, we had a really good time with it. We kind of did a movie marathon on New Year's Eve because that was the day the least interesting bowl games were uh, lined up there. And uh, we watched a bunch of movies in a, in a few days there. Uh, so it was fun. And she really likes it. Uh, now we aren't uh, going to dive into Star Wars nerddom where we dress up to go see the movies in the theater or anything, but uh, we enjoyed them and a very big pop culture references with Star Wars is now known for her. And uh, so I like that. And it'll be fun to kind of keep this going. We still have movies seven, eight, and nine to watch of the Skywalker saga. And then we'll double back and pick up the uh, individual stories of the solo story and the Rogue One, which Rogue Run's really good. Uh, so looking forward, and it's been good. Yeah. I mean, the original trilogy is great, and there's really yep. nothing else to say about it other than it is great. Um... We blasted. I will give respect to one through three that, like, they operate at a pace where it didn't drag on. Like, it, it was, like, we we binged those and it worked. I think that's the best way to watch them. Just watch them basically back to back to back. That's the best way to watch those instead of drawing it out. Any longer I can't imagine. It's I mean, it moves. by the end like of the attack of the clones, really I would be jumping onto the 50 yard line of Robert Morris's football field from my window. Like, I don't think I could do that back to back. I don't think I could do those two movies back to back. Phantom yeah, Menace. Phantom Menace, which is episode one, if you haven't seen Star Wars, is okay. 
and I'm using that term in the most negative way it can be applied. It's okay. Attack of the Clones is poor bleach in my eyes to clean them after watching just utter filth on the screen. They move the story along a lot in that one, so, so it passes quickly. Bad. It is horrible. It passes quickly, but and I like Natalie Portman, but that is a horrible movie. And then episode, episode three, three brings it back. Episode three is fine. To me, episode three could have been like two or three scenes, and that could have been the end of the movie, and it would have been better. Episode three would have been better if it was shorter in like a TV episode. Yeah, the, the development of uh, Anakin kind of losing his mind, it, that I think that is the only thing that kind of drags the most out of those three. I, I stand by it, though. Those three, like, the story gets moved along quickly. It, they cover more ground because you cover more time, and you have a, a big thing, a big a big story arc happens over those three movies that it 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 just it moves quickly and it was, I was, I appreciated it. I'm looking forward to rewatching seven, eight, nine. Cause I, I feel like I only watched those in theater. I don't think I watched those since then. So I've only seen them once. Yeah. I've so only I'm seen them once to too. And again. I don't need to see them again. Well, seven I'm, was fine for the I'm nostalgia factor. That's fine. And you're watching with your kids, which you should, but oh, God. I just, seven was fine for the nostalgia factor. Eight. So why do you watch any star Wars? It's uh, like nine was terrible. You hate two thirds of the Skywalker series. Why do you have like any interest in because watching it's like else? Game of Thrones at this point? Like I've invested too much time. Now that the this trilogy's over, I might be done. Like I'm watching Mando. I enjoy Mando. I'll follow Mando. I'll follow the book of Boba Fett when it comes out. You're like pumped about Boba. Yeah, because I like Boba Fett the character. I'm interested to see what's going to happen with this. And apparently, John Favreau's involved in that. Maybe. Um. So already is. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Anything John Favreau touches, I'm, I'll give a shot now. The they've already said you poop on Elf though. You were just shaking your head at Elf. I didn't poop on it. I just said it's not my favorite Christmas movie. If that's pooping on it, okay. It's you just not my favorite. <laughs> I think I was shaking my head because you said it was your favorite Christmas movie. I didn't say it was my favorite Christmas. Oh movie. well, then I misunderstood you. But one of my favorites. Uh, um, but. I talked about like eight movies in a four week stretch. Like, <laughs> but they've already said in like the new trilogy that they're making that they're already going to swap out some of the characters from the Skywalker trilogy. So it's not just me saying these movies aren't good. Like, Disney's looking back going, oh, yeah, okay, we made some mistakes. Well, it wasn't Disney the whole time. It, those first three weren't Disney. The last Episodes trilogy that was three. made was all Disney. Yes. That's what I'm saying. The new trilogy they're going to make, they've said seven, eight, and nine, they're going to swap out some of those characters and just pretend they never existed. Huh. I don't I didn't well, click to look and see what characters should There was just some parts of those movies that I was just like, okay. But I wanna redo now that I like have a freshened up memory of like we did that quarter of a bracket that was star wars characters that Django fed is useless like well he does he just stands there he doesn't he doesn't accomplish anything of the mandalorians yes he is the most useless but is he even a mandalorian takes off his mask no he's actually not a mandalorian and boba yeah. fett is technically not a mandalorian. The mandalorian is the only mandalorian that i know of like 
that has uh, a name. Like there, there was a group of them down in the basement in Mandalorian show. Don't but, you know like, the name of the one that wants the dark saber or whatever? I can't remember. Her, her she's name. not a real Mandalorian. She has her mask off and the whole time and everything. Uh, she well, was, they I fought a civil the, war over it. That's they kind of alluded to it. They're Mandalorians, but they don't live in the same code. It's like yeah. saying certain denominations aren't real Christians because they don't believe the exact same thing that you exactly do. what I was going for. That's that was my motivation was to bash <laughs> just saying Christian. that's, that's my comparison. Going. Like, <laughs> that's the comparison that you're like, well, they don't do exactly what I think Mandalorians should do. Therefore, Their they're not only an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now that we've covered religion and Star Wars, not drinking the blood of Christ every time they go to church. What are we doing here? Not real. Um, but, but on that note, uh, now that we've started a holy, I've Lord, offended. I've offended people. That's okay. <laughs> uh, starting holy I'll, wars. I'll, I'll tell you what you need to know. A bunch of coaches got fired. Oh God. The most surprising of all of them, which I didn't think was going to be the most surprising, Marshall's coach got fired today. That's like, a weird story. It's a weird thing. Tell tell the in, tell the uh, backstory there. So the backstory is it involves the governor of West Virginia inviting the athletic director to a private meeting. I believe it was at the Greenbrier. Well, he owns the Greenbrier. Yeah. Um, and the AD being pressured to fire the football coach so that this former football coach of Marshall that's also friends with the governor can be rehired. <sighs> The former football coach, by the way, that wants that he wants to get hired is like 70 years old. So long term, not a great idea, especially coming off a year where your program was fairly successful. Um, Seven and two or something like something like three with the ball game. I don't something good for Marshall. Well, apparently that meeting gets leaked. And they assume it come the AD when he's asked about it says, I don't think it's right to comment on what we discussed in the meeting. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then uh, nothing happens. So then a bunch of the board of directors at Marshall gets invited to the Greenbrier and the governor of West Virginia, Jim justice has a conversation. And now in addition to the football coach being fired, the AD has been added to the chopping block of people he would like to see go. Well, the football coach has been fired. Um, so, again, I don't know how many teams are going to fire their coach in a season where they only lose three games. But you can add Marshall to the list. Uh, it's like something Nebraska would do. It's insane. It is absolutely insane to me. Huh. But you know what? The other what? school that would do it is Texas. And Texas did fire their coach. Now he lost more. He than lost games more than three year. games, and he's been. But that a is rather... the kind of program that thinks that they are just the top dog. They're not even top dog in the state of Texas anymore. But they act like they're the blue blood powerhouse, and they're one, you know, play call away from being the best team. And up until Marshall firing their coach, I was most surprised at Texas just because the timing. They kind of mm-hmm. grabbed onto Herman back in mid December, like he's going to be retained. You know, we're not making a change. Fine. And then all of a sudden, the day after the semifinal games. Texas Fires tournament. I was like, this this could be some interesting stuff here. It was Sarkeesian from Alabama that going there. I I thought there was a lot of different ways they could go. I you know I didn't know if Urban Meyer was all the same. I think that was the guy they wanted though. I think Sarkeesian's the guy they wanted. Yeah, so that's interesting. 
that they gave him a vote of confidence three weeks ago and then fire him uh, the day after the semifinals on the third day of the year. So Sarkeesian comes with his own baggage. Uh, hope the best for him as a person. I was going to say, his baggage is like personal baggage. It's not like... Uh, stuff yeah. that's it's going not, to be scandalous. It's not like he's a liberty and, coach or anything, or you know. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or his apparent replacement if he had left. Um. So, yeah. I mean, it's personal stuff, not yeah. stuff so that's going to put the kids at risk necessarily. Um. Well, you would like him not to come to practice drunk again, but yeah. Sure, but I'm saying like no. Again, when we're comparing him to the two things of yes. the other people we've alluded More serious. to, yeah not nearly as bad. Um, I hope, and I gotta be honest, if I'm Texas, okay, whatever. I, I don't think Tom Herman was going to improve things at Texas. He had shown time and time again, he was incapable of doing it. So it's fine. I think it's time we name our official who we're hoping to get at Virginia tech next year. No, Nope. You don't want to, you don't want to put that out there. Nope. I don't want to say it. I don't want to. Nope. I'm scared. We both agree on it. Yeah. So. We do. I'm scared. I just want it. If it happens, you'll know. I, I'm not a person who hides my emotions well. If it happens, you'll know. If he gets a job somewhere else, I'll just be super depressed the next week. So that's how it'll be. Not that that well, will necessarily how will we be. know that? That's true. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> if if, if he gets hired this week the and the change. Ravens lose, you won't be able to tell. <laughs> so <laughs> if your soccer team loses to some crappy team. Oh, my like, God. Yeah. That happened today. That was just <laughs> I know a it train wreck. <laughs> that was honestly, let's get to what I know that you need to know. Let's have our first soccer update of the new year. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was waiting on this. If you weren't going to talk about soccer this episode, I was. <laughs> it's just depressing. Liverpool is still top of the table right now, but that's only because Manchester United's played one fewer game than we have. They're going to beat Burnley. So they'll be three points up on us. Now, the good news with that is guess who the next match is? It's Man United. So Liverpool will have a chance to get back to top of the table in short order. But we haven't played well down the stretch. We've played quite terribly. We've lost to Southampton. We drew against Newcastle. We drew against some other bum squad that we had Last no business. Games, you can't find a win. Yeah, that we had no business drawing. And on top of that, in about a month and a cup and a, about another week, uh, we have RB Leipzig in the Champions League starting up. Which I'll go through my Champions League power rankings of the remaining sixteen teams when it gets closer. But I don't feel great about where Liverpool is right now. We're not playing well. Uh, the injuries at the back have finally caught up to us. It's showing. Uh, we need to figure it out, though, here soon. Because, again, you got a big derby against Man United, the most hated rival for Liverpool, coming up. And that looks like it could determine who has the inside track the rest of the way in the Premier League. You also have Leicester City, who's right there. Tottenham Hotspur has seemed to recover a little bit. They could be within a point of the top of the table. Manchester City could be top of the table once they get their games in hand. So it's honestly, when you look at this, this is the closest race in a very long time. Uh, you have five teams potentially that could be right there uh, within three points of the top of the table. Uh, and and that's exciting. So as a neutral or as a fan of just wanting an interesting title race that's great as a Liverpool fan not so much because I like being able to have a cushion and not be stressed out about the Premier League so I can worry about things like the Champions League uh but you know whatever I don't know 
it's it's baseball season, so only what sixty days still pitchers and catchers or something. I don't know. Not even that long. Not even days. that long. It's mid mid February that they're yeah, so almost thirty days. A little over. It's 30 like days. Super Bowl is when their pitchers and catchers are going. A little over thirty days. So yeah, be good. Orioles magic. All right. Well, thanks for listening this week. Make sure you are following us at Yak Sports Pod at at Yak Sports Pod on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, emailing us yaksportspod at gmail.com. and make sure you and your friends are subscribed to us on Podbean, Apple, Google, and Spotify. We talked high school sports this week. We were so happy to be able to do that because uh, there's not too many people out there doing that for your Augusta County teams. So we are glad to do it, and uh, that's what we want to talk about most. And we'll be back next week to talk more about local high school action getting going, and hopefully everything stays going and uh, cases start going down so we can keep it going and get into these other seasons because that's what we are rooting for happening. Yeah. And we look forward to keep talking about it, and we'll be back next week to do just that. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.